Next on the tee in Season 2, Episode 12 of Grow the Grind. The dynamic pairing from the final match of the 2021 North and South Women's Amateur. Fresh off the speeches and award ceremony that took place in front of The Deuce, the restaurant that overlooks the 18th green on Pinehurst Number 2. With Putterboy trophies in hand, Furman Ace, current DIN's number one and runner-up at this year's event, Anna Morgan, and the champion hailing from Duke University, a future LPGA star in the making, ultimate grinder, Gina Kim. This talk is the last installment from the North and South, and I'm getting a little sad thinking about how fast our time in Pinehurst went. But after listening to Gina and Anna, I can say with confidence that we couldn't have wrapped things up in the land of fox squirrels any better. They are uniquely inspiring and in such different ways. It's almost mind-numbing when you listen to how they grew their skill set to this elite level of performance in such vastly contrasting ways. I guess you will have to listen and figure out that puzzle on your own. Gina and Anna haven't slowed down since we recorded this pod in late July. Gina went on to stage one of the LPGAQ school only to earn medalist honors firing a silly 15 under. She certainly will be leveling up soon, but not before she wraps up one more season as a Blue Devil. Anna has been busy breaking records at Furman University this fall. Just last week, she was named Southern Conference Golfer of the Month after leading her team to a 32-shot victory in the Lady Paladins Championship. Anna had an ace in the event, chipped in on the last hole to solidify the W for her squad with a historic three-day total of 12 under par. It's safe to say that Gina will not be shaking Anna off her heels anytime soon, as her future in the game is equally bright. We are so excited for you to tee this episode up and are quite confident there's a lot to learn from both of these top-notch guests. That being said, be on the lookout for more content in the next few weeks. We are proud to announce that we have our first opportunity for LPGA coverage scheduled at the Founders' Cup starting this week. The guests we have lined up are a dream come true, and sharing their stories throughout the next series of episodes will be our best round yet. Hope you enjoy Season 2, Episode 12, Taking Home the Putter Boys, with Gina Kim and Anna Morgan on Grow the Grind. The final match has been complete, and the 119th North and South Women's Amateur has its champion. Congrats to Duke superstar Gina Kim. The winner of the 2021 North and South, Gina edged out Furman standout Anna Morgan in a hard-fought battle that took place on Pinehurst number 2. We had a short lightning warning that scared everyone off the course twice, but after that, it was all championship-level golf. Anna making it to the final in this field is an incredible accomplishment. Way to go, and thank you. Thank you, Anna. Thanks yep. for coming on. Yep, thank y'all. Thank y'all for having me. Gina, you did it. After years and years of trying, you finally took that picture that will be hanging in the Pinehurst Hallway of Fame. You, your putter boy trophy, and a smile next to the iconic putter boy on the thistledew. What a feeling. Congrats, and thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. Gina, way to go. Thank way you. to go. So we got both of you here, and that just shows what type of human beings we have. Because beforehand, I said, hey, no matter what, final match... We're going to sit down and we're going to talk. And both of you are like, absolutely, I'm in. 
And I got to give you so much credit because I know you're filled with a lot of emotion right now. And you put on one heck of display on that comeback coming down the stretch, trying to get that thing back to even. Thank you so much for coming on yep, today. No, thank you. Thank you. Well, how are you feeling? Oh, I'm feeling a lot of emotions, too. I mean, this this is my fifth year at it. So uh, it, it's been five years coming, and uh, we finally got it done. Yeah, you did. And and I got to say, Anna, you, you've been here before. Yep. Um, and I think the match play experience you had going into your senior year of high school, uh, you, you met you qualify for that match play really young, probably set the tone for you as far as getting through this field. Is it been a, is it ever been any better than this? I don't know. How did that come into play for you as you you're just gonna pick people off through the for the through the bracket out there? Um, so yes, no, this definitely was my, uh, best finish so far. Actually, I was joking to my caddy. Um, I was Owen, I don't even know what, in match play at North-South coming into this week. So winning a match was an improvement, much less making it to the finals was obviously awesome. So definitely learned a lot in match play and got a long way to go from here. Mm -hmm. Gina, what emotions are you feeling right now after the win? Um, mostly disbelief, I would say. Um, I, I guess just a mixture of emotions, but yeah, mostly, mostly disbelief because, like Anna said, I didn't really have the greatest track record coming in, um, especially at, at this place with number two. Oh gosh, that, that course drives me nuts, mm -hmm. not gonna lie. And just to be able to win a match and just get to the next round was huge for me. And it, it was a close call each time. So I'm just, I was really glad to even make it into the championship match to begin with. Hmm. Yeah, it's funny that you would be in disbelief. And does that even make sense that you think Gina Kim should be in disbelief <laughs> that she won this thing? I don't know. I mean, I think I'd probably be feeling the same thing if I'd won too. So, yeah. <laughs> probably it is, similar. Because it is that difficult, yeah, right? It is. it is that hard. So there were, there were 10 players teeing it off after stroke play for eight spots. That's what it broke down to. Oh, yeah. Uh, there was a double. There were also two bogeys. Yeah. And the remaining six, seven got through. Mm -hmm. And so the two, you and Morgan Baxdale, yeah. had, to, had to come back and move it out over to seven, cut across to 17, and then you've played 18, and, and you squeaked in as the 32 seed. Now, mm -hmm. I don't think that that's very fair. <laughs> I mean, Gina Kim as a 32 seed doesn't make sense. <laughs> and when Abby Daniel won the medalist and I looked at it like, hey, your reward for medalist is you get to play Gina. <laughs> and Gina's tough. I mean, both of you are. I watched it. You're both tough in different ways in match play. We're mm -hmm. going to talk about what makes you both great at match play in a little while. But when you think about that, like nail biter getting in, right? 19 holes again. And that 19 hole against bags must have been like a, a total sweat out because from what I hear, and we missed it, Allie, but you just what, were with you were with Addie, right? Mm -hmm. Did she tell you about that that 18th hole against Gina in that match? Oh yeah, she was she was like, I I don't know, Gina just came back with the 20 footer. She just just bumped it in and. <laughs> so you hammer in a 20 footer for birdie to force a 19. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What the heck? And then you go on and you, I saw her make a mess of that one a little bit. She was laughed. She put it in that bunker that I think's jail. And, you know, yeah. she just kind of gave it to you. So how do you do that stuff? I, you know, you know, I, I wish I knew too. Um, I, I was just sticking to the game plan, honestly. And I really thought, you know what? Today's the day to pack the bags and go home as usual. 
uh, nothing different here, but um, <laughs> I I don't know. I just took an eight iron and I just felt so good about it. I, I guess it's just that player's instinct, you know. You just feel good when you when you grab a club and I, I peered it and it was just perfect and it, it faded right in towards the hole and I got a twenty footer. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think that twenty footer was going to go in to be honest, no. but. It, it just sunk right in, hit the pin, sunk right in, and I said, shoot, okay. The yeah. man upstairs wants me to keep playing. He, he wants me to stick around, I guess. So uh, that's how we finished it out. <laughs> Your story's different, Anna, uh, because my wife, we saw you at the, our little event we ran, right? We did a little barefoot. You yep. were down for that. Gina was down for it, but she actually did something uh, that night to give back to the community because that's the type of person she is. She wants some little <laughs> kids instead of having fun for herself and, and gave back, you know, her knowledge. We saw you. Don't know about this. We saw you after your first day. You were sitting. You were one of the last players here after the first day. You played two, correct? I did. And yes. you were sitting down, kind of off in the corner. Yep. And you were just confused and frustrated and shaking your head. And you were kind of like saying, like, I, I don't know what happened today. I, I don't know what happened today. And it was kind of. It almost got away from you on day one. You almost played yourself out of it on day one came back day two you didn't even have to mess around in that playoff (laughs) you just flat out made it and Mm -hmm. then here you are playing gina for the for the putter boy (laughs) how golf's the worst and it's the best how do you go from that dejected poor little girl sitting on the curb (laughs) to you know posing at the end of this tournament with probably my favorite trophy in golf oh yeah no i think i don't know like you said golf is the worst and the best in that way um i was definitely frustrated but like i hit the ball great i just couldn't make anything and so i was kind of kicking myself trying to hit it closer make more putts and that sort of thing um but i just kind of talked to my coach or coaches i guess i should say and they all were kind of saying the same thing we're like hey like you're literally fine you're a good golfer like you just got to stick to the game plan and believe in yourself um so i think that's really the piece that was missing the first day was just kind of believing in myself and so i came out the second day and i looked at my caddy and i was like it's going to be a good day and just believed in myself and kind of just played my way in Bro, you are making every putt today. I don't know what you're talking about. I was I sweating. I don't know about that. Not when I put no. it off the green on uh Gina Kim eight. doesn't sweat. That's a lie. <laughs> I was like, you've got to be joking. I was like, holy cow. It's just making me run you've for my never, money. You've never played with Anna, right? No. Well, in the same group, no. But we've, we've run across yeah. each other at many tournaments. Yeah. So I, I already knew her beforehand. But th- today was the first time we played together. Yep. So it was pretty fun. No, you yeah. just worked your way through the board, though. <laughs> if you go look at it sitting behind both of uh, both these ladies mm-hmm. right now, we got the, the you know 124th US Open in the background, the sun setting on the thistle. Dude, there's a bunch of drunk dudes playing right now, <laughs> making a mess of it, right? The cradle's back in action. And... Uh, it's a special place, and we love it so much, and it, mm-hmm. you guys made it a special week for sure. Oh, thank you. What makes you two such incredible match play players? Clearly, you had it going, taking down so many tough competitors along the way. What separates you this week from other players? Um, I would... Honestly, I'm not quite sure, but what I've been hearing from other people is my composure and my attitude, the way I look at the game. And I, I think that just came with a lot and a lot of practice. Uh, at the beginning, I wasn't really good at match play, and nor did I really like it to begin with. But I think after practice, and especially like nationals, 
and being able to play for the team something bigger than yourself, I realized that you could never possibly give up until you take off your glove and shake that person's hand and say, great playing today. Um, it's never over until it's until you take off that glove. So with that kind of mindset, I just I just really try to embrace that and keep fighting through and, and somehow things worked my way. Hmm. Wait, and so that take off the glove, good call by yep. the way on that. I've never heard that. That was you today. Yes, this yep. this thing was over. Like I'm gonna be fair. <laughs> That's what everyone thought. It, but it wasn't because we pulled up on 13, yep. which I think is one of the toughest greens on number two. Okay. Yep. Gina and you had about the same putt, and you got to look at Gina at least on the speed of things down that downhill. Mm -hmm. Gina, you touched that thing with the toe. Yep. Oh, barely. I was lagging it. And I was like, I'm not trying to make this. It just crawled there, and I don't know, yeah, like a six six inches, and then yeah. you you buried. I saw you put a little bit more pace on it, yep. and then you bury it. Okay, yep. it was great. <laughs> Next hole, you made you were because at the time you were down four. Yep. Now it's three. Yep. Then next hole, you make a seven or eight footer coming back. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's 14. Yeah. Still three. 15. She stiffs it. Okay. Makes a 10 to 12 footer for birdie. Okay. 16. Now all of a sudden people are saying, wait a minute. The people are kind of coming into it now, right? They're yeah. around. The carts are <laughs> pulling in. Everybody's getting excited. The Duke people are yelling at you, calling your names. Kidding. They were <laughs> awesome. All right. But 16, you got to look at Eagle. Gina just misses it, almost rolled off into that trap, but it was perfect. I know, taste. I was like, holy for a minute cow. there, I wasn't sure if I was going to stop. <laughs> Me too. And you lag it right down. I thought if it had a little more pace, it yep. might have gone. It would have been one. And 17's a nightmare. And I'm going to yep. tell you a secret Gina plays 17 like a chick. Those are her favorite holes. Yeah. <laughs> 16, 17, she might not. Do you know that those are your favorite holes? 16, 17, 18 at Pinehurst? I, I guess so. <laughs> I, I found out this week. I've heard it from everyone. Because okay? <laughs> you do. So seven, she, she hits it close and blah, blah, blah. But. Yep. You, you've got something special when it comes to match play. What is it? Honestly, like, Gina, I'm not even sure. Uh, I guess I would say more like, like grit and just kind of I consider myself a little bit of a fiery player. I'm not necessarily one that's going to be composed the entire time. I do show my emotion a little bit. Um, but I've talked to my coaches plenty about it, and they're like, it's okay to get mad, but you just let it shake off before your next shot. And the same thing about you know getting excited it's fine to get excited but just don't let it affect your next shot um and so i think that's kind of what i was able to do is i got frustrated a little bit today with you know some bad putts some bad shots but i just was able to keep it going and kind of like what gina said it's not over till you take off your glove and so that's i gave it all i got those last few holes did you catch that fireness in her at all Ellie? yeah we were talking and we were like why is, she, why is she so mad? Why is Anna so mad? She said that in the fairway. We're so confused. Yeah, and you kept getting more and more angry with each birdie as you were getting closer and closer and closer. <laughs> kind of, sort of, yeah. A couple tea chucks, a couple like, just like, just a, a meanness about you. And she, Allie looked at me and said, Dad, would you be mad at me if I, if I acted like that? And you know what I said? Absolutely not. I'd be so proud of you. Yeah. I'll be so proud of you because it's, that's passion. That's right. Yeah. Because talking to you here, you, no one could even, I think I asked that question wrong. Gina, what makes her a good matchmaker? <laughs> Why? Like you said, she's got passion, and she really cares about it, and, and you can see it. Um, some players, they're very calm, still, like, no emotions, whatever. But her, you you can see the fire burning inside of her. And, and normally most people in those, in those situations, they, they would wrap it up, 
And but she she just kept going and she was just sinking these great putts. And she she made me work for it, really. No question. Yeah. What makes Gina special? I would say more along the lines of compose. Like you never I don't know, like you just you really didn't miss a shot and we're having make make me work for it to make those birdies because <laughs> my Joe and I were talking. He was like, Anna, you're not going to win with pars. I can tell you that. And I was like, no, you're definitely right. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, Gina's not going to give it to me, and I'm going to have to really freaking work for it. Um, so I would say just, like, being composed and just handling yourself just, with such ease. We've watched you a, a while. It doesn't seem like you notice anything else but your game. I don't yeah. know if you feel that way. Like, you observe. You're telling me that you are observing her. But as I watch you. I don't think you notice your competition at all. Yeah. And I think that might bother people. I don't know <laughs> if this is a trick and I'm like putting it out there on you, but it feels like that. It feels like you just don't care. You could care less what they're doing. And that, and over an 18 hole period, I think that wears people out. You know, I, that, that came with a lot of practice. I used to be very fiery too. Well, you uh, are when you make putts. Oh, I, oh, I very much am. <laughs> that is also a force of habit as well, but. I, I'm, I'm very observant, actually, and I, I learn from other people, and, and there was a lot to learn from Anna as well. I, I was very inspired by the way she held herself and how she composed herself, um, but, you know, I just, I, I think just being able to mentally block anybody that's on, off the sides on the golf course, I just think that's probably one of my best and strongest characteristics and i think that's why it's helped me in match play so much hmm. that's great after you've played at olympia club this summer it has now been your third time playing in the open over the years what have you taken away from those experiences i would say wow i didn't realize i played three u.s opens <laughs> holy cow um well, let me review your life okay here it, is. here it is since you're unaware okay you just won the acc title individual yeah. you are a national champion at duke you've already handled that okay you already were the top amateur in 2018 which by the way you gave away like a hundred and eight thousand dollars for being an amateur yeah okay that's too bad <laughs> right, i think there'll be more of that to come you've played in three you've just won in north and south you played in two unbelievable arnold palmer cups i mean i don't know yeah you've done a lot I think, <laughs> yeah to I, review so what do you cow. take away from all of that because when you say oh i'm surprised i did it it's yeah. To me, I'm like, <laughs> why? I just, I, I tend to be a very focused player, and I, I'm the type of person who's got to work for hours to get these type of results. I, I just cannot sit down and take a break. I, I'm just not wired that way. And I don't know, after just being so intensely focused on my practice that, when these type of wins come around, I don't think I really notice how big it is until somebody actually tells it straight to my face. But, you know, like you said from the three U.S. Opens, I've realized that between amateur golf and professional golf, there's really not that much difference in terms of skill. I mean, it's, it's very minimal, but it's the mental side that really separates them and even within the professional circuit, the ones who make the money and the ones who don't, it's it's all really mental, in my opinion. So I I just think, you know, for people like Anna and, and people like me, I, I really do think we have a place there and, and we can definitely go out and, and do well 
out on the LPGA. You're moving us in a direction that we want to go. <laughs> First, you hear that. Your yeah. resume isn't like Gina's resume. No. It's getting there. You've won two big amateur events this summer, right? South Carolina, correct? La last summer. Last yep. summer, yep. South Carolina. Yep. And uh, the Carolina. The Carolina. Yep. Mm -hmm. So you're starting to build that resume a little bit more. This is a big one for you. When you hear that and you feel, hey, look, I'm at this level, does that give you a ton of confidence? It does. I would say, I don't know what exactly, but this summer specifically, something just kind of seemed to click uh, with my game and especially more my like mental side. Um, like, like Gina was saying that like, that kind of is the main difference between each level, I would say professional amateur and the good and the great. Um, so I think going along the lines of just believing in myself and that confidence that I've gained, I think being able to believe in myself and not necessarily need that validation from others has kind of what has helped me play so well. And then specifically this week, just hearing different coaches tell me that over and over, you just need to believe in yourself. That's I would say kind of one of the main reasons why I was able to play um, pretty solid all, all week. All right, go back now. We're going to circle back because this is called Grow the Grind, and everybody that listens to us wants to know how you guys get to this point. And so you've already alluded to the amount of work that you've put into it. Mm -hmm. We're trying to grow the idea that practicing hard is actually fun. It's like a, it's like a reverse psychology on kids because it's tough. Yeah. Okay. It, it is tough. it is tough yeah. and it's long hours and it's and it's so you're gonna go into detail on that process, all right, for a little while. We're gonna sit back and kinda hear about oh, yeah. what you've done over your life, what you're doing now, because what was strange to me when I watched you when Lucy was over there the other day and she came up and said, Hey, what's your record? I watched you getting ready for your first round. You hit five bunker shots. All were close. You moved on. You weren't on the range for very long. You chipped for I don't think it was more than 20, 20 balls. Really quick, really short, really efficient. All of them were very good. And then you went and played. I would argue that you spent 20 minutes to prep, not on the range, but just kind of on the, just over in that shipping mm -hmm. area, which seemed like a short amount of time by comparison to other players. So I was like, man, this shit, what's up with that? And then you come on here and say, that's not how it goes. So tell us how it goes. Well, my whole belief, and I'm very adamant about this, when you're at a tournament, you are not out there to practice. You are out there to get ready and, you know, to get the show started. I think all the hard work should be done behind the scenes. So before I came out here, I was practicing for hours at my facility at the Duke Golf Club. And I did all my practice there. So by the time I got out here, you know, I'm not busy wasting energy. It was, it's hot. It's baking out here. And, you know, you just got to get the work you need to get done and, and go out and play. That That's the whole part of competition. You just got to let it go and just play. And I think that was one of the biggest things that was hardest for me to accept. That is not really practice out here. You're out here to have fun and you're out here to compete. And I think that that's really helped my game get to another level. How about you as far as the preparation is concerned? We kind of talked about day of preparation, which is fine. Is yours similar where you're not really spending too much time focusing on the duration and length? It's more quality? Yep. No, I very similar to Gina, especially at tournaments. I always think less is more. Um, and like you said, it's more about quality. Like before each round, um, I'm the type of person I get here probably less than an hour before my tea time. 
Mm. I will stretch a little bit, but I'll get to the range. Or I always pop first. I'll hit some long putts. I go to the range. Pretty much hit a couple wedges to get loose, a couple eight irons, a couple three woods, a couple drivers, and then I'm good. Um, and I'm really, like, yes, I'm focused on where the ball is going, but I'm really not. Uh, you just kind of have to play with what you've got when you get there. Um, and then I'll go and hit some more short putts, and that's it. So it's pretty much a quick warm-up, and I'm not really focused on, like, technique or anything like that. It's just all feel from there. Break down your weekly work. Well, it's definitely changed uh, ever since I came into college, just simply because I got other stuff in my life to deal with. But Pre-college is great for us, if yeah, you can talk about that. Yeah, pre-college... Wow, I mean, if, if I told you, I, I'd probably sound like a psycho, not going to lie. You need to tell us. <laughs> There's a lot of psychos that listen to this, and they need to know, because it's encouraging, but also it's a, it's that it's that fine line between burnout and greatness. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I would like to... We, we, do you want to know, Ellie? Yes, I want to know. Huh? Yeah, so obviously during the school year, winter time, all that good stuff, I would literally be in my golf clothes at school because my mom would be waiting uh, at the pickup where, you know, car, cars would come in and I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even take the school bus. So I would just jump in the car, eat a little snack on the way to the golf course and I would practice till dark. Now that's, that's school year. During the summertime when I got nothing going on besides golf, 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 I'm out there for eight hours, eight to 10 hours. I would wake up early in the morning, get everything done um, by lunchtime, and then I would come out later when it cools down a little bit, and I would just be out on the course dropping balls here, there, trying out new things, um, just practicing. Who was with you? My mom. She she's, the, she's more passionate than me, in my opinion. I mean, the drive this woman has. I mean, she has to see the end of it, and I think that's where... I got my personality and work ethic from, it's definitely not from my dad, I'll tell you that for sure. But we would just be out there together and she would help me and she'd drop balls here and there and I would follow her and hit them. And we would stay there until dark. And one time in sixth grade, actually, I tripped over a putting only sign because it was so dark I couldn't see and I broke my arm. <laughs> and and the best part is even after I broke my arm and got a cast, I was still out on the golf course chipping and putting with one hand because I could not sit down. And and people at at my home course over there at Crowsdale Country Club, which is like 10 minutes away from Duke, they'd all tell you the story of the, the crazy psycho girl who came out to chip even though she had this arm length cast on her with a bunch of signatures and smiley faces on it was this coming from you or was it more you and your mom you were saying your mom helped with a lot but when yeah, you were younger i mean when you're younger obviously you're gonna want to have fun with friends and you're gonna want to have a life right and it was my mom who really pushed me and there was times where we had a lot of fights not gonna lie but you know, I'm grateful she did that because now she's instilled this work ethic in me that just comes like instinct. And so nowadays, these days, it's coming from way more from me. Um, it's probably what, like 95% me and 5% her. If anything, she's got to tell me to take a break and chill out. But I, I don't know. It's just, I'm just so grateful that someone that hardworking with that type of inner drive instilled that in me because I think that's what you need for golf 
And now I enjoy practicing. It brings me a lot of comfort. So those hours that pass by, I don't even notice it because I'm just enjoying myself so much. Wow. Did you break your arm over any chipping signs? <laughs> when I was playing soccer, I broke my arm, but not golf. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I Can't promise say. you. I could. I probably heard the surgeons laughing while I was under. I just know Wait, it for sure. Wait, why is this girl here? Oh, because yeah. she's crazy. <laughs> uh, but Anna, for real, like yep. that... You have your story, so you're you're right there. What is it? Are you crazy? Were you out um, for eight hours a day <laughs> from the age of eight years old to Coach Brooks? So, so no. <laughs> so I will say I have nothing but respect for Gina and appreciation for all the hours. Um, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's practicing eight hours a day from that young of age. Um, I So I started out playing baseball. And I kind of loved all the sports. I played baseball, um, played basketball, and stuck with basketball until my freshman year. Um, so I I don't know. My mom's not athletic. She's not into sports. She would kind of take me where I needed to go, and then from there it just was kind of all on me. Um, so not to say that I haven't put in that many hours, but mine was more I just loved playing. I would go to the course, especially like during the summers a lot of the times, and I literally would just play like as many holes as I could. Sometimes it'd be 36, sometimes it'd be more than that. Um, and just kind of messing around, creating different shots. Um, I don't know, I used to spend a whole bunch of time on the range and then slowly kind of figured out that it wasn't a picture-perfect swing, that a picture-perfect swing wasn't really going to get me anywhere. It just really is such a game of feel, I think. Um, so yeah, working on my swing and chipping and putting and that whole thing, but I think most of my hours just kind of come from playing. And then, I don't know, I do, I, I consider whenever myself... somebody says yeah. this, we've had a lot of people say this, if I, if I really dig into you and interrogate you right now, yeah, <laughs> I think that you would realize that you spent far more hours and far much more time grinding on short game stuff, putting drills, yeah. um pitch shots from 30 to 40 then you realize oh it was showing today all right yeah <laughs> i could see I it i don't i don't believe you <laughs> only because yeah, everybody plays you went out and played a lot of holes oh yeah oh yeah for sure i've heard this story before are yeah. you sure that's so, how it worked out i i really would say my coach at Furman will tell you too my i you have to twist my arm to get me to practice short game and I've gotten better about it over the years but I really was like as a young kid my short game practice came from the course like I would take a bunch of balls and I would throw them all around the green and I would hit different shots but if you told me if you're like hey go to this chipping green and go chip for two hours I literally would look at you like you had 10 heads no I would be like you you're, doing I was it. like you can't it's like there's no way. See, there's two there's two kind of methods there. There's a lot of people that say I need to create games. I need to create uh, I need to create these challenges that mm -hmm. I must complete mm -hmm. in order to to be able to just withstand the time yeah. out on the chipping area or putting green. It seems like you're that type of player. Similar, I would say my thing is and it kind of comes from playing sports as a young kid. I just like the competition. So when I'm at school, I will chip for an hour and a half if I'm chipping against a friend and we're, you know, going back and forth, closest to the hole, match play, whatever that sort of thing is. But if you stick me out there by myself, it's, I can get in, like, focused practice. It's just hard to get mm -hmm. 
to do that for like two six great hours. perspectives. Gina, are you? Do you need that stuff? Do you need those challenges? You don't need them at all, do you? Once in a while, I do. I mean, after all, I am human. I know. Uh, but I, I mean, that's why that's why I always have my AirPods in because I'm I'm usually playing music, and I'm having a great time by myself. That I just yeah. enjoy practicing by myself. Um, but I, I also do drop a lot of golf balls out on the course, <laughs> yeah. especially for like short game, because I honestly didn't like practicing short game before. And when I started getting to the higher levels of competition, I realized, oh, God, I, I actually do need to put some time into this if I, if I want to compete against these girls because they're just so freaking good. So it, at first, it, it was more like forced upon me. And then now I've, I've really embraced um, just practicing all aspects of my game. Well, you were on 12 today, <laughs> and you hit it left off the tee. Mm-hmm. You were in some trouble, and she kind of just punched it out. And, and when that happened, I bet you kind of thought, all right, all right, bogey. But it, you knew it wasn't going to be a bogey. She had like 45 yards, and I think you made the ch- – Ellie, didn't you think she made the choice? You remember that, Chip? She pitched it out to the right side, yeah, and you're yeah, like, I, I think Gina – I thought she was putting it. it. Looked like you had a putter in your hand. I was like, oh. yeah. And then, you, but she played it out to the top right side because that thing fell off. And I said, well, this is it's an oh, easy yeah. par. Oh okay. Yes. For now her. I remember this. It's an easy par. You had forty-five yards on twelve, and it was like mm, ho hum. You made a seven footer, and <laughs> that comes from those experiences on the course. I would bet. Oh yeah, a lot of. Gosh, I mean, we literally. My mom would carry a bag of balls, like old used golf balls, and we would just be out there practicing late in the afternoon when no one else was out there because obviously we don't want to bother other people. But we're just out there 30, 40, 50 yards and then start moving back and then we'll just work our way around the green. Were you finishing all the time at the, at the cup? Were you just hitting those shots? Oh, would I'll, you go up and finish? I would, would definitely go up and finish. And my mom says, if you do not get an up and down on every single one of these shots, you're not having dinner. We're both not having dinner. <laughs> and I said, she is a skinny woman, but she, she walked a lot of holes. This oh week. yeah, oh for sure. But she has, she definitely has that intensity. She's like, we're not going home till we finish this. And See, I, I find all golf parents are crazy. I oh, think yeah. I was, I think I was crazy to Allie yesterday. We went out <laughs> on the course. And I said, at some point, you're going to need to perform. We were working way too hard, and you are too good on the range to come out here when we play five holes. And make this many bogeys. She didn't like me yesterday. <laughs> Correct? Correct. <laughs> Do you have a little bit of crazy? Because it doesn't sound like you have crazy in the background. Um, <laughs> we're not trying to like humiliate parents here, but Honestly, we're all crazy in some ways to reality. be doing this. You got to be crazy if you want to win. That's what I believe. You, you got to dream crazy. You got to believe in crazy. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure people are probably thinking my... My parents and I are just no, like. There's a lot of parents saying, "Thank God," because <laughs> I've done some bad things. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's within the crazy. There's a beauty of dreaming big, and even though it sounds impossible, you think there's a glimmer of hope because you're just that crazy to even dream about it in the first place. And I think that's what crazy. Yeah. If anyone's crazy, I would say it's me. If you were to go up to my mom right now and I just be like, what's the sweetest a, person and, in and the world. If you were to be like, what's a pitching wedge? Like, yeah. what's an eight iron? She'd look at you and be like, oh, well, I think it's a club she uses. I don't really know. <laughs> I mean, I can, I still, memory, freshman year, first semester, I'm playing in our first Furman home tournament. 
and we're playing. It's my first round. We're on the 18th hole. It's this par four. And my mom comes up to me and she's like, hey, Anna, is this a par three or par four? And I'm like, it, it's a par four, mom. Like, I've got driver out. I'm not going to be able to get there. Oh, yeah. Like, come on. I remember so, number 18. That's yeah. definitely a par yeah, four. Yeah. So my mom's kind of on that end of the spectrum where, like I said, she really isn't that into sports. She yeah. always makes the joke. She's like, I have no idea where it came from. Um, and then my dad, obviously, he's kind of a golfer, kind of got me into it. But he's the same way. He never really wanted to push me if I didn't want to be pushed. He didn't want to, you know, make me do anything that I wanted to do. So I think kind of most of my, like, love of the game just kind of came from, like, myself. Because, yeah, my dad got me into it. But he wasn't going to force me to do anything that I didn't want to do. And I'm stubborn, just like half my family. So, I don't know. I would say if anyone's crazy, it'd be me. <laughs> I was doing some research and came across a paragraph that said you tied for 13th at Augusta National Women's Amateur. And I know you're a stud, but my mouth dropped. Can you walk us through that experience? Yeah. I Obviously, Chairman Ridley had this amazing idea of putting together the best women amateur golfers um, at Augusta National and I just being able to participate in that tournament was just already a dream come true and to be able to make the cut and actually play competitively on Augusta National I I honestly didn't really care if I shot in the 80s or whatever because to me just even getting on the property was a dream come true and not many people are fortunate enough to even receive that kind of blessing. And so, you know, I'm so thankful to Chairman Ridley and everybody who's who's made that tournament become a re reality. I And like I said, I worked really hard for that tournament specifically because th that was one of the highlights of my year, one of the biggest tournaments on my schedule. And I, I really wanted to make it make it through the cut and, and be able to play at Augusta National um, mm -hmm. in the final everyone round. gets that practice round. But right. they really do hammer that thing down to a narrow group. Oh, they do. And I missed the cut the first time I played. That's why I was so intent on getting my revenge and making the cut the next time. I was like, I'm going to see the Do you think you'll have one more chance at that one? I, I hope so. I mean, if you'll you'll be able to get that invite, right? Because you have one yeah. more year at Duke. I, I do, I do, yeah. You, gonna, I, you have a COVID extra or no? I do have a COVID extra, but I, I don't think I'm going to take it. Um, yeah. Partially because I just don't want to study anymore. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to I'm ready to go out there and play with the big girls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anna, you're in a position where you are still looking through the window, trying to get into that one. And I actually, yeah. we talked a little bit before this. I think today is going to help you. It really will. Yeah. It is big today yeah. because we, the, from a point perspective, I think we had mentioned this is somewhere around like that 800 range on the Wagger stuff. Mm -hmm. So a second, don't you think, a second place on this should really push her up the rankings significantly? I, with the way Anna's game is, I mean, she did great today, which will definitely push her ranking <laughs> up. But with the way her game is right now, she should be expecting that green invitation to come through her door any any second. I agree. I think Ridley needs another like little Gina Kim text message. Hey, this girl's <laughs> for real. Whatever can help because I know you want in on that. Yep, yep, I do. What would that mean to you? Uh, everything. I mean, I think it's safe to say just about every amateur golfer and then probably junior golfer. That's kind of like that's. That's your goal. Like, that's what you look forward to. The Masters, you know, is like 
the coveted green jacket like it's what everyone wants to go getting to watch is a big deal getting to just go and watch at the masters is a big deal so i think it's safe to say pretty much anyone or any girl that plays golf it, they'd be crazy not to want to play so it's definitely my number one goal at this point is just getting my ranking up and hopefully earning that invitation oh you're getting in <laughs> you're i you're gonna get in <laughs> i hope you know if your mom's ever bothering you <laughs> I'm always available that week because <laughs> I'm entertaining at the least on the bag. I would say. Oh my god! So, so just keep that in the back pocket. I know you got six options, Anna. You got like <laughs> probably like 150 that. people. You oh like that. gosh! I oh, that's wish. right, Allie. You'll get me there, right? <laughs> yeah. So you guys both play Carolina golf at Carolina schools. Does playing for Duke and for Furman give you an advantage in a tournament like this? Yeah, the North and the South. You've got these greens everywhere out yep. here, don't you? Does oh. it? Or is two and four that much different that you really, even with the Carolina school, can't prep for it? I, I do definitely think no matter how much you prep for it, number two and number four is always going to have that unique charm that you're not going to find anywhere else. And quite honestly, it almost, it, it almost got me in stroke play. I was really working for that last spot. I was squeezing in through the door. And... I that's part of the reason why I kept coming to this tournament every year no matter how frustrated I was because as much as I do my prep work you have to expect the unexpected out here because it's just that quirky and um, it for some reason this year it just worked my way and and here we are sure we are and we're still here we're still looking around and it's still beautiful i don't know they're building the new thing called the cradle crossing behind us oh wonderful gina you if you're back here to defend next year you're playing in that event for the record you're playing in the barefoot scramble well by then i'll be a pro oh you're out forget it Get out of here. <laughs> you're in i'll be back you're in, and you almost won. I'll be winning the playoff next time. Though. Uh, sorry, there won't be a playoff next time. You know, if there is, I like the mentality. I like the wet, the wedge putting really worked for me. Yeah, I just yeah. had to channel that this week, and it seemed to help. Gina, a if bit. she pulled her fifty-two out on like the seventeenth or the sixteenth for the eagle, what if you rolled that eagle in with the wedge? You're like, you know what? I, I have a little better feel with the fifty-two here. I would have been like, I'm out, <laughs> I'm done, I'm, I'm calling it a day. Does this, does that Carolina golf help you, or was it? I mean, is there no prep for this? I mean, I think maybe it helps a little bit, but also, there are no greens like Pinehurst number two. Like, you come mm -hmm. out here, I don't care who you are. If you think these greens are easy, I think you're crazy. <laughs> or you're I just mean, ignorant. <laughs> yeah, that too. Yeah. Um. So maybe, but I just, that's why I love Pinehurst though, is you have to come out, you have to work for every single shot while you're out here. And the greens are so tough. Obviously I hit some not great putts, but I also hit some good ones and it just kind of keeps you coming back and wanting to get better each time. Mm, love it. Um, Let's take some time to talk about how you approach your practice rounds. When you're getting ready for an event like this, what do you try to accomplish during those practice rounds? Just getting a feel for the course, first of all. I, I think that's my main priority, um, especially if I haven't seen the course at all. But Feel, you're talking lines off the tee box. Lines off the tee box and, you know, slope. Like, how much do we need to add on this shot? I, I honestly could care less about where the shot goes as long as I know you know, it's going to be a little extra more here because the wind usually goes this way on a regular basis or the grain's pulling it this way, um, slope's doing this. 
like just local knowledge. I, I'm just really just juicing out everything I can from that from the course. So honestly, you're not going to be seeing me hit a lot of shots out there. One, two balls max, and and that's it. And then I spend my time around the greens a lot because I think that's really where everything is different amongst every a, player. Uh, I have another practice round. We're going to get to you on that, Anna, so keep thinking. But I have another practice round for the U.S. Junior tomorrow for a kid that, that we know that really, really well. So I was out at uh, Carolina Country Club today. Oh, And nice. it's fast. It's I yeah. think it's in between four and two fast, the greens. And it's it's more pure. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, it's there wasn't a divot in a fairway the entire day. Not one divot. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I, I've, I'm I've serious. played there before. Yeah, okay, it's nice. so what should I be doing? when we get to those greens with this kid? Because we had somebody the other day come in and tell us they play a, a lag putting game where you pick the hardest lag putt and you keep a score. So it's it's it two is two is a par. And so at the end of 18, you've taken 18 lag putts. And if you're, you know, it's three over, that's actually pretty good when you really challenge yourselves. Mm-hmm. Some other people do chipping games where they take three balls and then they'll play the worst of them and try to be, you know, at or mm-hmm. under a number. Do you do any of that? Do you recommend any of that? Or is there something that you do around the green specifically that works really, really well from a prep perspective? For me, I would say I tend to look at the golf course in a way, okay, I'm not going to be perfect out here. So I'm definitely going to miss a shot. That's for sure. Where where on earth would this shot go? Where would I miss it? Which place has the highest probability that I'm going to miss it there? And that's where I would put all my energy and focus into. Because just knowing how... I just know myself too well that if there's a place where it's just ruthless and you, it would just be an automatic bogey, I'm going to do my best to avoid that spot. And I would probably end up on the other side if I were to miss it. So... I would tend to go work on the other side and then usually from the greens I would put from the middle of the green out to the different edges because you know nothing's wrong with just hitting it in the middle of the green and going out towards the hole but yeah like little games like that trying to stimulate yourself like mm-hmm. get you thinking yeah, make it more make it with more purpose how, right, how do you take right. it on Anna? Um, I would say similar to that. Um, when I'm doing practice rounds, majority of the time is spent around the green too. Um, and then I was given advice by somebody one time to, when you're at the green, look backwards. Um, so look, you know, down in the fairway from the green in certain spots and be like, you know, where, like, what's the best angle or, you know, if the pin's back left, like, where do I want to be in the fairway? Like, what's the best spot? Or how is the ball going to come in? You know, what's it going to do? How's it going to react? Um, and then kind of like what Gina said is, you know, going from the middle of the green and putting to, like, spots where you think pins are going to be, even if you don't know. Normally, you can have a generally good idea where they're going to put some. Um, but, I mean, literally, I'm so similar. I don't hit very many shots either. I really do think majority of the time has spent around the greens. And then I'll make note of, you know, where do I want my miss to be? Um, sometimes I'll make notes of where I definitely don't want to miss it. But at the same time, it's like if you do that, then you may be thinking about it more. So mm-hmm. just important to kind of take note um, about the just different aspects around the green. No games? Not no really. No games within the game? No. Not during practice rounds normally. So um, I... I want to know what some drills work for you guys. I've recently heard a lot, and I've started using them, and I really enjoy hearing these type of drills. So it can be from anywhere to putting to the range or chipping wedge shots, anything that you do that works for you. 
Um, so on the range, one of my uh, favorite games is I pick one target at um, Furman. We have what we call the Trackman tree. It's the most obvious tree out on the range. And so you go and you'll put, you know, one or two fingers up left and right. And so that's your fairway. And you start from your 56 degree or whatever, and you work your way all the way up to your driver and you get to hit one ball. And so you got to hit it, you know, between that, that target. Um, and so, so say I worked my way up one ball each. I worked my way up to my eight iron. We'll say I miss it with my eight iron. I go back to my nine. If I miss it to my nine, I go all the way back. And then if you do, you know, a couple in a, you can change it around. So you, you scale it down one. Yeah. After or, every miss. Or if you want to be even harder, you know, you miss it once. You got to start all the way back over. Um, so that's probably one of my favorite things on the range. And then putting, I like either 10 foot circle and if you leave it short um negative three if you make it you can i mean you can do however you want if you make it one if you're within the putter length one but just different like points um or point systems is probably like one of the most common things i do mm-hmm. i i usually don't play games uh, when i practice <laughs> because she's a machine oh my goodness oh gosh i wish um but for me, drills though no drills. I do have drills. I have. I actually have plenty of Are drills. Are they secret drills like secret sauce? Oh no! It, it's, it's the most basic one you can think, but man, it does the work. And my my favorite one these days is putting two tees down where your putter passes through them, and you just do one handed putts, and you would just ten minutes on each side. That's you it. work off your left shoulder a lot when you're over the ball. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've noticed that. Like you feel your left shoulder before mm-hmm. every putt. Mm-hmm. You're you're always. What did she? She steps on. What she, she? You like tilt behind the ball to see the yeah. path. Yeah, actually, I started doing that when I got into college. Well, not when I just got into college, but right before my freshman postseason started, because I was so frustrated with my putting, and normally. I'm a good putter, but for some reason, when I went into college, it nothing was working, and I just couldn't even trust myself over a three-footer, to be honest. And my assistant coach, John Widhouse, he's amazing with short game. He actually specializes in that. And so I talked to him about it, and he was like, okay, well, it's all about what you see. Like, you got to see it really well in order for you to feel good about it. So it's got to look right in your eyes. And so what I do is I step back and I tilt my head a little bit so I can see the down the line how this ball's going to break. And then for the shoulder alignment, for the shoulder alignment, I I started doing that right before um, nationals. Um, actually, before the second round, I shot two over the first day and boy, I was so frustrated with my putting once again. And John was like, okay, well, that means it's not looking right in your eyes. So what do we need to do to make it look good in your eyes? And so what I do is I I put my hand on my left shoulder to kind of reset myself to remind myself, you know, you know, open, open up your left, left side a bit so you can see it a little better. And so I've been doing that ever since. And it's just, it's just been really helping me with alignment and feeling good over the ball. You're quicker. You're much quicker, yep. Anna. 
We I've recorded you making a birdie on one of those holes. I don't know, one of the crazy runs she was trying <laughs> oh, to put yeah. on you, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> she started to get hot and you started started to see it better. But you were mm-hmm. when you put when you decide that you're putting that thing, it's it's happening. Yep. Is that intentional? It is. It is. So I I've always kind of been like putting's probably my weakest part of my game. Um and a lot of that just comes from the mental part, just kind of second guessing. Um, and especially like this past year, I had a bunch of trouble with my putting. I've actually, I think this is my third putter in the last month and a half. So safe what? to say, yeah. So safe just to say, winning everywhere, but safe to say, changing putters. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so my thing is like my routine, um, I, you know, I look at it from my side. I look at it from the opposite side of the hole. And then I normally go about half halfway on the putt if it's 30 feet you know i'll split it up but you know 8 10 15 footer i normally go about half and just kind of feel how i think it would be from there um and i pick my line and pretty much i feel behind like feel you know how hard i think i have to hit it but as soon as i do my last little practice stroke the only thought in my head is just like hit it on your start line Mm -hmm. and i don't want to have any other thoughts in my head and so Pretty much as soon as I make that practice stroke, it's just like one motion. I get into it and I putt. And I'm really not thinking about anything at all. Just because the second I start second guessing myself is the second I'm going to hit some crazy putts and go in who knows what direction. So we started talking a little bit about coaching. And I want to know, how do you guys find the right coach? And how many different coaches have you had over the years? Somebody just made a four putt in the background. They're going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I saw with the with some beer going on too. Um, for me, let's see. I, I think. Was your mom just your coach? You have to have swing coaches, don't you? Oh yeah. I mean, mom. How many? How many coaches have you burned through that claim they taught Gina Kim and Anna Morgan how to play golf? I mean, can do you need multiple hands to get through? I, it? I only went through three coaches my whole um, 13 years of playing. And I, I'm i very picky about who I choose as my coach. And once I find a coach that I like, I stick with them for a long time. And my last coach, um, I, I switched in, in this, uh, December of 2019. But before that, I worked with him for seven years. And... So that just kind of tells you, like, I don't really like changing because once I find my person, that's my person. And I'm going to stick with them until I, I, I feel like I'm not learning anything yeah, new. Ellie, right. Yeah, I, Ellie's, out, Ellie's outgrown me. And it's time. For, that's no, why she's I asking. You've outgrown my ability to coach you <laughs> to a level that you're sitting across from this table rather than next to me. <laughs> you have. And that's why this question's there. That, because we're trying to figure it out right now. We don't have someone. She needs someone. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of people are out there making that decision. Like, all right, I'm just, I'm not going to throw money away on my eight-year-old, my nine-year-old. I'm going to give them what I can give them. And then at some point when they're ready for more, we need to make that choice. Right. You say you're picky. So I want her to be picky. How are you picky? And then, Anna, you can tell us about your coaching stuff. Well, I have my certain philosophy of how I think I should play golf. And... For me, first of all, my personality's got to match with that coach and I got to feel comfortable around them because if I don't feel comfortable enough, 
talking one-on-one candidly about my struggles and my biggest doubts, then, you know, I don't want that person. And so the people I found, I've been really fortunate to find some great people and especially how they teach it. If it's simple, but it really elevates my game, like it's very apparent and you can see the results. I like to see results. So if I'm able to see that and they have a good personality and I like them as a person, then we got something going on. This, this is where I need to move on. Um, I, so I'm about the same. So I had a couple swing coaches here and there when I was younger, because this was, you know, when I was balancing baseball, golf, basketball. Um, but my current swing coach I've worked with, so I'm 20 since I was 11, I want to say. Um, so I've been with him pretty much the whole time. So kind of like Gina said, you just want someone that you're comfortable with. Um, personality wise, you want that to click. And then also just like kind of the way you see golf. Um, you want that to be kind of similar just because I am technical to a certain extent, but at the same time, I also like things simplified. Um, so sometimes just having somebody there to simplify things and kind of teach them the way that you learn is really important. And so just having somebody that you understand, but also know that like you can ask questions and they can explain it to you maybe in a different way for you to understand, um, is super important. Um, but, I hope I don't have to change anytime soon. I don't plan on changing anytime soon. Like I, I work so well. Right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so I've got my swing coach and then honestly, another huge part of it, like we talked about how I consider myself a fiery player. I wouldn't necessarily say I was quite as composed a couple years ago. Um, but I actually, I work with like a mental coach who now I don't even call her a mental coach. She's just like one of my best friends and mentors at this point. Um, but I met her at a high school tournament, maybe eighth grade or my freshman year. And so it did start, started out as like mental coaching and that sort of thing. And now it's just turned into this thing where we just have like honest conversations a bunch of the time. It's always like right before a tournament and throughout a tournament and just, I don't know, giving me a different perspective, but at the same time, sometimes, you know, telling me stuff that I don't want to hear, but I need to hear. (laughs) is really important um so i don't know i think the combo of the two has just like really worked well for me what advice do you have for parents and kids looking to play at your guys's level i guess my number one would be and this is speaking from personal experience because i'm one that did not listen to this advice Uh, Don't put too much pressure on yourself. (laughs) It's supposed to be fun. It needs to be fun. I still have trouble doing this sometimes. I'm not perfect, that's for sure. Um, But I think just not putting too much pressure on yourself and knowing it's a game. Yes, I want to play professional. Gina's going to play professional. (laughs) Um, But just, it, it is a game in the end. And there's so many other things in the world that matter so much more than golf. And just really having fun, appreciating every moment that you get. Um, And meeting people along the way I think that's probably been one of my most favorite things as all the junior golf friends and people even if they're not necessarily golfers you know the people that work at tournaments and that sort of thing just meeting all the people throughout my golf uh, career has been awesome (laughs) yeah like Anna said um, especially for those who are getting into the recruiting process or are already in the recruiting process not to rush. I think that was my biggest 
hardship was that back then when the NCAA rules were a little looser, people in eighth grade would be committing already. So me, as who just finished ninth grade, I think it's the end of the world and I'm a late bloomer or something. And now when now that I'm in college and I see my coaches having to go out and recruit now that the dead period's over, I'm like, holy cow, these kids are like, they're actually kids. They're only what, like 14, 15 who are already like ready and dead set on committing. And I'm like, was I like that back then? Mm. I can't believe it because, you know, these coaches got to make a huge gamble on who they think is going to be the next superstar. And also not just that, you know, you end up missing out on some of the best years of your life, just being stressed out about this. So, you know, you, you got to really enjoy it and, when you start to enjoy it, the college coaches see that too, because not everything's about results. They want to know how you are as a person as well and see if you get along with the team because team chemistry is just as important too. You guys have given us some of those moments, you know, this week. Thank you for that. You mm -hmm. talked about it, Anna, and obviously Gina, you too. Uh, you guys have a re really grounded perspective on this process. But that comes with experience. It comes with a lot of failure. It comes with a lot of glory. I mean, but along the way, you've had a pretty cool road to get to where you are right now. And it's just getting started. You know, today you were taking naps in Donald Ross's house. <laughs> That's what we hear, right? Oh, yeah. so in between the championship match and the lightning delays, Gina fell asleep. I don't know, Hannah, if you were mm. right behind her. I, but I, I saw her. That's intimidating, I, I was, too. Like, no, this was, girl's taking a nap really, on me. It was actually really funny. I went to the other room to grab my phone because I was watching the open. I was getting like so into it. We all were huddled around the TV. And I like look and I did a double take and I was like, Gina is passed. Gina's grandpa, out. grandpa sleeping like, on like, Easter morning just over laying there. Down. I was like, no way, she's actually asleep. And sure enough, I was like, oh no, she is not moving an inch. She was gone. <laughs> that was one of the best naps I've taken in my it lifetime. It worked for you, and so you've been here with us now. It's been twelve hours. It's been great. <laughs> you know, it's it's really has, and so we're, we're very proud of you. We thought that this this tournament went great. Yes, definitely. The North and South scoreboard is complete and our champion has been crowned. Another big thank you to Pinehurst Resort, the North and South, and tournament director Matt Nunez for giving us access to this week's event. Gina and Anna, this was too good. After a long day, two long days actually, you sat down and gave us such an amazing episode. Hope to see you both play again. As for me, I got a U.S. Kids World Champion to get ready for. The Pinehurst Resort will be flooded with junior golfers in no time. I can't wait and always remember, golf is great, the grind makes it greater. That's right. Thank you. Yep, thank you so much for having us. You guys were great. Thank you. <laughs>